Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. We begin in San Diego, where top officials are urging the federal government to reopen the U.S.-Mexico border to non-essential travel. Mayor Todd Gloria spoke yesterday following a tour of a vaccination super site at the border. We must have the border reopen. It is critical for our economy. This is justified, as we've seen uh, vaccination rates increase, infection rates fall. If you can fly to Mexico, without restriction, you should be able to walk or drive across from Mexico without these kinds of restrictions. Many San Diego businesses rely on this cross-border traffic. In fact, San Diego County Supervisor Nora Vargas says retail sales were down 72 percent, a $200 million loss for the region. Pop star Britney Spears drew the world's attention this week when she finally spoke out in a California court against the conservatorship that she's been living under for more than a decade. A bill making its way through the state legislature seeks to give people like Spears more control over their cases. KQED's Katie Orr reports. Under conservatorship, a judge can appoint a guardian to oversee another person's finances and affairs. Spears says her situation has gone too far. She says she can't access her money without permission. She can't see her children. She can't even make decisions about her own birth control. Silicon Valley Assembly member Evan Lowe says Spears's experience is emblematic of how the process can go wrong. He authored a bill that would make several reforms. It also creates a civil penalty of up to $5,000 if the court finds that the conservator has not acted in the best interest of the client. Conservatorship is typically used for developmentally disabled adults or the elderly. Lowe says it's important when used correctly, but he says too many times the process is abused. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Advocates expect a historic move for California in the coming days. Public health coverage for undocumented older adults. That would be a huge step for the state, which is home to the largest population of undocumented immigrants in the nation. KQED's Farida Javala-Romero reports. The state already offers full-scope Medi-Cal to undocumented children and young adults through age 25. But now, with a $75 billion budget surplus, the governor and legislative leaders are close to a deal to provide health coverage for older undocumented people. The sticking point is whether the coverage will be for immigrants age 50 and older or age 60 and older or somewhere in between. Either way, Luz Gallegos with TODEC, an immigrant justice organization in the Inland Empire and Coachella Valley, says it would be much-needed good news for thousands of vulnerable undocumented Californians. And very emotional because at last justice does prevail. Right now we're in a historic moment. 
Gallego says many of those undocumented and uninsured have contributed to the state in essential jobs, like Laura in Riverside County, who doesn't want her last name used because of her immigration status. She worked picking crops in the fields for more than 20 years. Now, at age 76, Laura is losing her vision, and this last winter, she became seriously ill with COVID-19. She says she's still suffering from headaches and shortness of breath, but she's uninsured, so she hasn't seen a doctor. She doesn't have any money, she says, so finally getting low-cost or free medical care would be the best, she says. Opponents say there are better ways to spend the budget surplus, but advocates say it will mean better public health for all Californians. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. State regulators have extended a moratorium assuring that customers won't have their power shut off if they can't pay their utility bills. The moratorium from the California Public Utilities Commission was set to expire at the end of this month, but will now last through the end of September. The CPUC also approved a plan that requires utilities to automatically enroll customers falling behind on payments into a two-year debt relief program. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Venice Beach has become the center of a political fight over homelessness in Los Angeles County. A large homeless encampment grew there during the pandemic, and now officials have differing opinions on how to get people off the streets. Spectrum News One reporter Kate Cagle has been following this story closely and spoke earlier with the California Report's Keith Mizuguchi. L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva has made his presence felt in Venice, but not without controversy. Right. So Venice Beach is technically LAPD's jurisdiction and traditionally patrolled by LAPD. Now, the sheriff can go anywhere he wants in Los Angeles County. And he says that he's frustrated by a lack of regulating public space really all over Los Angeles County. He had a press conference. He said this is just the start. He's starting in Venice, but he's going to be getting involved in bringing law enforcement to encampments and really enforcing some of L.A.'s laws that people have complained that LAPD has had a hands-off approach. So what is the Sheriff's Department doing right now? 
So they've been bringing in dozens of deputies, but they're starting with outreach. So basically on the boardwalk, you've had these armed deputies walking along, introducing themselves to residents, business owners, people who are living in tents. They tell me that they're really trying to get the lay of the land in Venice, try to figure out who's interested in housing solutions and willing to move off the beach and who is what they classify as drifters or a more transient population that they say eventually they intend to tell it's time to pack up and move on. The sheriff has been highly critical of city officials for their inaction and says he wants the encampment cleared by July 4th. But one L.A. City Council member, Mike Bonin, who represents the Venice area, has his own opinion about the situation there. He doesn't think that police should be involved in the homeless crisis. He says it's criminalizing poverty. It further displaces people. It makes them distrust service providers when there is a law enforcement element included. So in the wake of the sheriff coming into his district, he is now releasing his own plan that he says will take six weeks to systematically go section by section and connect everyone who's living on the beach and on oceanfront walk with a permanent housing solution. He says his biggest fear with what the sheriff is doing is that it's just going to push people off the beach and into neighborhoods and into more residential areas of Venice. And finally, what about the people who have set up tents along Venice Beach, who are now seemingly stuck in the middle of this political battle? So far, what I've been hearing is that people feel like the deputies have been very kind. They've made a big show of saying that this is a humanitarian approach. They've brought free haircuts. The other week, they brought pizza. Some of the homeless people I've talked to said that they are appreciative of what law enforcement is doing, but others have this sort of impending dread that this is just the first step, but eventually, enforcement is coming, possibly involving arrests. Kate Cagle is a reporter with Spectrum News One in Los Angeles. Kate, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. We're going to head north now to Mendocino County. Cal Fire has just paused logging on a section of the Jackson Demonstration State Forest that's right along the coast. And that's after outrage by members of the local community. Many of them say older redwood trees are being harvested, which is actually bad for limiting wildfire, not to mention the local economy. Alicia Bales from our partner station KZYX in Ukiah is with us now. Hi, Alicia. Hi, Lily. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Alicia, start by telling us about the Jackson Demonstration State Forest, which is where this conflict is playing out. Sure. Jackson State Forest is about 50,000 acres of redwood and other conifer forests right in the heart of Mendocino County. So it's a very large forest area, but it's also public land. It's owned by the state of California, and it's meant to be what they call a working forest and to demonstrate all sorts of different industrial logging operations. And why was Cal Fire allowing the logging of these mature redwood trees? These are giant, majestic trees that I'm sure a lot of our, our listeners are very familiar with. Yes. So they're not the ancient redwoods. Most of those have been taken and a lot of those are protected at this point. So we're talking about mature second growth redwoods, the trees that grew back after the ancient trees were decimated. 
So these second growth trees are starting to take on old growth characteristics. And Cal Fire has these slated to log in this area because Cal Fire has to pay for the management of Jackson Demonstration State Forest. So as much as they tell us that their mandate is to uh, research and learn more about industrial logging practices to do the best job, it's in conflict with the actual mandate of making money to um, pay for the operations of the forest. So activists are quite upset about the taking of these second growth trees, and they've been protesting ever since logging began on June 10th. So I think a lot of listeners are probably familiar with protests of that ilk. But one of the most stunning things about this story, Alicia, is that the logging company is holding its own protest. Am I understanding that right? That's right. On Saturday, the logging company, Anderson Logging, which is a small outfit here in Fort Bragg, uh, called their own protest. And they didn't just show up to hold signs and make their voices heard. They did a direct action protest, taking a page from the activists. They blockaded the road into Jackson State. And they said, if we can't log, you can't go in for recreation. What are the risks of this sort of logging? Well, the activists are concerned that the the large redwoods, the, the trees that are starting to take on those old growth characteristics, those are the trees that are the most fire resistant. You know, our county has been experiencing devastating and increasingly horrible wildfires uh, every year. And also, when you open up the forest canopy like that, the regrowth is quite dense and much more prone to burn. And it seems foolhardy to take them out at this point when we are facing a climate crisis, when we have increasing evidence that the climate crisis is is upon us and these trees can do a lot to help. I mean, this this confluence of things really defies logic. You're taking out the most resilient trees in order to do fire mitigation. And then when it grows back, it's actually more fire prone. I can't quite understand why Cal Fire would allow that to have taken place in the first place. But we now know that they have paused the project. So what's next? So Cal Fire has called for a community meeting. So far, the activists are skeptical. They've been calling for a meeting with Cal Fire for months now. So it does seem like Cal Fire is moving toward um, trying to solve this problem, but maybe the Saturday meeting is really a a PR move. Hmm. Well, please keep us posted. Alicia Bales from KCYX in Ukiah. Thank you. Thank you. And that is the California Report for this Friday, June 25th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Tovin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Lily Jamali. Have a great weekend. Support for the California Report comes from Hint, fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits, stanfordhealthcare.org slash adaptingcare, and Eric and Wendy Schmidt, through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org.
Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.